We have started a new podcast, rather a YouTube channel called The Jeff and Matt Show, where Jeff and I discuss politics very, I think, timely for this political season and all the ramifications thereof. Has some to do with religion, has some to do with just, just about every subject. He and I can really get on, talk about different things. We disagree from very different uh, points of view, but you'll see that, and I want to feature that in this week's episodes of In Layman's Terms. This is Matthew Garnett. Welcome to In Layman's Terms. I think that it's not going to vary much from Election Day. I think it's going to be pretty solid. There's going to be a couple of states out there. We should, I think there's a pretty good cross-section that voted early this time. Like I said, we are uh, doing, we're featuring the Jeff and Matt show. I can, uh, this is a crass marketing tactic for, for me to, to get some of you ILT in layman's terms folks over to look at the Jeff and Matt show on YouTube. You can just go on YouTube and, and search the Jeff and Matt show and it should pop right up. We've got several episodes talking about all kinds of political topics, very, uh, very apropos for, for this election season, and we just talked about what we think is going to happen in the election. You can agree, disagree, uh, whatever. You know, he and I obviously clearly disagree uh, on some of this stuff, but it's uh, it's it's food for thought. Uh, I think Jeff is a, a sharp uh, individual, very um, up to date and informed on on the on the topics of the day as am I when it comes to political stuff. And so we're going to leave kind of our normal format where we might uh, might critique a sermon or, or talk about, you know, some, some cultural things. We're going to have uh, our buddy Nathan Rennie coming up uh, next week. He and I just had a great interview on, on critical theory uh, that I think those of you that um, understand this will really appreciate. And those of you who don't understand it should come to appreciate. This is something you should get boned up on. But uh, but for this week, I want to, I want to introduce you to the Jeff and Matt show. And, and send some of you folks over there. Uh, I've posted you know one of our uh, discussions on the ILT YouTube, but I want to send some of you others who are interested in a political discussion from, from two different points of view uh, over to the Jeff and Matt show. But before we get to all that, let me make sure you I uh, send you to the inlaymansterms.org website where we are now raising money for the Men of Steel project where what our hope is, it is to start a truck driving school for for former inmates, and to get started with that, we need some we need some professional help <laughs> in more ways than one. We need some professional help around here at the Layman's Terms podcast, but this is one we definitely need some some professional help with because we've got to. Uh, yeah, I say I have no idea how to get any of this kind of thing started. I think it's a great idea. I think it would be incredibly helpful uh, in an in innovative way, uh, an example that, that might take off. Um, in several major major cities around the country, where where we can uh, reduce the recidivism rate uh, among among folks coming out of prison, we could we could give them a career, possibly uh, something that they could start their own business with. This this is something I think would be incredibly positive. But but we've got to have some some funding for for it to get the, the expertise we need to get off the ground right, so we don't you know waste a bunch of money trying to get this thing started when we don't know what we're doing. So please go to inlaymanstermsradio.org and donate to the Men of Steel Project. And in the meantime, please enjoy uh, our podcast this week, which again is a little bit different, uh, featuring the Jeff and Matt show. Here we go. So what I, a couple of things I wanted to talk about was uh, the Senate. Where do you think the Senate's going to go uh, at the end of the day? 
And I guess this, this again, kind of cuts against my, my opening salvo is what's the point of trying to make you predictions on this? But this is kind of fun for us to, this, I guess this is what political pundits do. So we're kind of, we've kind of thrown ourselves into that fray of people, of political pundits, albeit amateur. Even though I think I think we've got a they should put they should put us on CNN or something because I think we've got a better beat on things than just about anybody. But <clears throat> anyway, so where where do you think this the Senate's going to go? What 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 races are you watching? Do you think you're going to be interesting? Um, you know, or, you know, big. Do you see any big surprises? And at the end of the day, where do you think it's going to end up? Well, as you know, there's seven there's seven seats that are possibles anyway or probables that could flip. You know, going to Right. Going to the so, I mean, we could go over each one of those, but I mean, everybody knows which ones they are. I really like the potential. Sure. I'd love to see a big surprise. I'd love to see the, like, uh, you know, Texas lose a senator or something like that. Maybe even go blue for this thing. That would just make it a landslide if that happened. And it's a possibility. I mean, that's that's sure. that one, right? Uh, I took some. I didn't take some. I actually put some notes together about this, and she didn't want to be surprised. Oh. That was that was the one that uh-huh. I. Was very- <laughs> you did some show prep. Show prep is not allowed here. No. I'm okay. Teasing. No, I did. No, I did show prep. I did too. I looked up all the races and was kind of uh, yeah. trying to, yeah, uh, trying to uh, you know make book on what was what was going to happen, what wasn't. So it, just because I mean I know I know kind of the the general ideas, but I wanted to see what the what the close races were and so on and so forth and what what could potentially happen so go go ahead give us your right. give us your prognostications here <laughs> out of the seven i think that uh i think uh, arizona is going to flip democratic i think uh, martha mcsally is going to be out uh okay i'm i'm really looking forward to mark kelly getting in there i mean i think he's a good guy uh it's his first real fray at uh you know politics and and uh his wife was uh, a congresswoman before so uh, he, he's been around it for a while, right? And I think he's done really well in it. Um, Colorado, still kind of a toss-up. We'll see. Right. Uh, Iowa, the same way. Maine, Montana, North Carolina. I'd love to see North Carolina flip. That would make a big difference. That's been a stronghold for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those seven, all we need is really three. Right. Four would be nice. Yeah. All seven would be great. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that's kind of what I was looking at was my, my analysis is, you know, you could you could very easily see an eight-seat swing, you know, just a, just a flip it over. Right. Uh, so you got you got 54 to 46 right now. I could very, very easily see a 54 to 46 Democrat, uh, you know, victory there. Mm-hmm. Uh so the interesting one, so right, so any of those ones you mentioned, I think have a good chance of being counted among the the change uh, of the of the ones that I think will definitely flip would be Maine for mm-hmm. sure. I think she'll lose there. That that'll be. I think that's a pretty well assured thing at this point. Yeah. Uh, and what what would what would be great, right, is if um, if you see. Uh, if you see Lindsey Graham go down in South Carolina and Cornyn in Texas, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's it, it's not a uh, you know according to the the data the the polls that's not out of the realm of possibility. No. So if those couple of things happen, then uh, that'll be that'll be pretty interesting to see how uh, 
because you know when when you have situations like that, then then politicians start talking about mandates, right? Uh, then they start to say, oh well, look, you know, look here, we've get you know we flipped eight seats in the Senate, we won the presidency, which I guess we can talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've got a mandate to do X Y Z, right? Yep. Uh, they can start start talking in, in those types of terms, which again, kind of going back to our original. Uh, uh, you know, our first few podcasts uh, would would give them kind of the the momentum to do stuff like in the filibuster, uh, at add justices to the Supreme Court. Which again, I think if they're going to go for that, they should go for it. They should add at least eight. Don't mm-hmm. don't pussyfoot around with four. Go ahead and go eight. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, going to do it. You might as well do it. I, I yeah yeah. Go big or go home. Right. Um. And so. And then, you know, and then you can start talking about adding adding states like Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C., Guam, whatever else mm-hmm. uh, you want. You want to add in there. So, uh, you know, and which would which ultimately. Well, and then then on top of that, one, I think uh, I think a smarter move for them to, would be if that were to happen, say a Cornyn got beat in Texas or Graham gets beat in South Carolina, um, you know, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I, was, I was looking at the Kentucky race. Uh, that that would be a miracle if that if uh, if if cocaine Mitch got booted out of there. Um, yeah. I, you know, I really don't know why he's in on it anyway. The guy's a multimillionaire. His wife his wife's a multimillionaire. He's just doing it because he's it's he not wants just, he, his job. He, Jeff, he, he wants to serve the people. He's a servant of the people. Really, you cynical person. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know why he's doing it. I don't know why any of these guys do it. I know why. I, I, I there are some of them that I hope I know why they're doing it. Um, and it, and on both, you know, on both sides for genuine reasons. I would hope that at least somebody, someplace up there, is mm-hmm. it is in public service because they care about the public. Right. Um, I, I think that type of person is few and far between these days. But anyway, so so, so anyway, back back. What's that? But we both live here by Kentucky, and Mitch's whole right. platform is, geez, look what I've done for you already, and uh, the gal that's coming in, she doesn't have any experience, she doesn't have any contacts, and I'm going to be able to drag a whole bunch of money to Kentucky, because that's what right. I've done, right? Well, yep. states like California are paying a whole bunch of money into the federal government, and we're complaining about them being you know, poorly run states and poorly run cities and all these other things, but you got somebody that's actually stopping and... But you kind of like that. You like you like to have minefields out there, so it makes it really difficult for anybody to do anything. But that's what he does. He keeps keeps it all on his desk. But if there was a bill come through there for Kentucky to get a few billion dollars for revitalizing, I don't know, racehorses or something. I don't know. I'm sure it would happen. <laughs> get that yeah. one to, wouldn't he? And uh, so yeah. that's that's his big asset, you know. Over over. Uh, oh, what's her name? Mick. Uh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but you're right. Yeah, well, that's and that's the thing is, it's just uh, it, well, and Kentucky tends to lean blue, generally speaking. Even though you know, the, seems like the governorship seems to flip back and forth. Uh, you know, really because you've got that, you know, you've got that tri-state area down in you know south, southeastern Indiana, southwestern Ohio, uh, mm-hmm. you know, northeastern Kentucky, which you know is a pretty. If you put it all that, you put Cincinnati. 
uh, Louisville, and you know, and you know, surrounding southeastern uh, India. It's a pretty blue area down there. Uh, so it, you know that, and then Kentucky is, you know, you're w- once you get outside of Louisville and Lexington, you know, you're lucky to find a human being. Otherwise, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. So it's a pretty, you know, otherwise pretty sparsely populated state. So they, you know, they can flip back and forth, but at the same time, they're still going to lean blue. And I think McConnell retains that seat. But, but again, you've got, um, you've got the, definitely the North Carolina situation is really interesting. Uh, yeah, and that's got pre- presidential, uh, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the national election ramifications. And, and then, you know, Graham, Graham is in danger. And, you know, for Graham and Cornyn, I mean, Cornyn, I don't even, Cornyn, I think, was born a senator in mm-hmm. Texas. I don't know how long he's been there forever. Um, but, you know, so, so so to have just that, even the notion of having those in play uh, and the idea that one might get lost, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that would be for, for that to be kind of in the mix of whatever, you know, however it flips, which, it, you know, I'm pretty sure it will flip. Uh, you know, if that if that were in the mix, then then the Dems got they, they're standing on some pretty solid ground to, mm. to to really to really make some 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 moves. And if I were in their shoes, here's what I would do: if you wanted to secure, you know, again, kind of the one party idea. I've been thinking about this a while, but you 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 quash the filibuster because even the Repu- Republicans talk about this. You know, they flirt with this idea too. Uh, you quash that, and then what you do is you you pass you know some really uh, strong, uh, comprehensive immigration reform, mm-hmm. right? Then now, now you can now you can bring all that Hispanic vote in that you know isn't there right now because we haven't been able to figure out how to deal with the the uh, the undocumented uh, immigrants living in the United States and and you know how to go forward with that sort of thing that's something they could get done right away that wouldn't look like they're trying to you know uh you know fix the game as it were um and then on top of that that's just the compassionate thing to do right well you know it's funny that you mention it that way that you that you come out and say well that'll get the hispanic vote in but but uh you know, I've I've met and I know a lot of people that that uh, have come to the United States and overstayed their visas and all that type of thing, just because of the circles that I right. travel. And yeah, there's some sure. Spanish. Also, I've met uh, you know Russians, Chinese, uh, Filipino from all over the place that would benefit from that. And most of these people are just they're just living out their lives. When they talk about all these illegal aliens, if you want to call them that. I mean, uh, I'm, I mean, yeah. I, I'm a large percent of them are Hispanic, but there's a great big number out there that are not Hispanic that are living in their normal lives and they get away with pretty much anything they want to because they blend in the crowd, so to speak. Right, right. Well, and see, I, that those are numbers I'm not aware of. I mean, the the number you always hear is 11, 12 million, um, you know, from from. Latin America, Mexico, South America, et cetera. That's, that's about the number there. Uh, but the, uh, do you have, do you have any, any idea what the number you're talking about other than uh, that are, that are here, however you Google. want to call it, illegally undocumented? Yeah, I'm just talking get the, about get the Google. I, right? I mean, I was, and, I, and I get surprised once in a while that you would think that somebody might be undocumented or would even admit it. But if you're in the right circles and you're that kind of friend, I mean, they, they, 
you, you just know what's going on with their life, right? How long they've been there or something. Right. You, you know what's going on. So, but there are quite a few. Yeah. I, didn't it up. I didn't look it up before this because I didn't know we were going to talk about immigration today. But Well, I mean, I, yeah, I, I didn't necessarily want to bring – well, I mean, but what I think is – you know, by by all available data, we you know if if you were to pass something like that, where um, where you were to just kind of like Reagan did in '86, where you just kind of grant general amnesty, you'd say, okay, let's just wipe the slate clean. We're right. going to grant you all citizenship, and we're going to start start over again. Um, you, you make you make that kind of move uh, again. What what you're looking at? Again, by the data that I'm looking at, is that the overwhelming majority of those, whether they be, you know, um, Mexican, South American, you know, Latin American uh, immigrants or other, uh, the overwhelming majority of those are are going to uh, gravitate toward the, the Democratic Party. You're going to have a, you're going to have a, a second. you're going to have an almost. You way oversimplified that one. When Reagan did that, he didn't just grant everybody a bunch of citizenship. They they came up with a path to citizenship for those people. And there was a lot of right. qualifications that went with that. Literally, you had to be in the country yeah. for years and be able to prove that you were in the country. Yeah. I mean, through documentation, be able to prove that you were in the country that long to even qualify for that program. And I think they'll do something similar. I mean, they're going to have to because why have this sub-society going on that uh, why don't we bring these people into the normal society and just just uh, just get on with it, right? And as far as like the dreamers, uh I mean, everybody pretty much agrees that the, the dreamers are here. They've lived their whole life here as American citizens or, or the, as Americans, not citizens yet. But they've already lived their whole life here. They've been in our school systems. They're working. They have clean uh, records. There's no, you know, like MS-13 dreamers or anything like that. Why not just get on with that kind of mm-hmm. stuff rather than making them a political football, you know? Yeah, well, and that's uh, right. But but the concern is, uh, you know, a couple of things. So, again, from uh, from more of a, a GOP perspective, the, the concern is, all right, we we we've done that before. We, the GOP, made that move, you know, 20 some odd years ago. Uh, and it hasn't it ha- it's it's um, uh, it, it, it hasn't solved the problem of, OK, we've got borders. We've got to regulate who comes in and who comes out uh, you know, and how, how we're going to integrate those people into, you know, our culture and our way of life. And should we even, uh, you know, there there are some that say that, you know, we shouldn't be uh, requiring people to, to uh, learn English or, or what have you uh, as they come in. And that's that's creating a disconnect, you know, in the in the marketplace. So, you know, one one thing that you'll find in in you know, well-ordered societies, you know, th- throughout history is that they have a common trade language, whatever that may be. You're able you're able to deal in the trade language, uh, which in America is English. So if you don't speak English, you're going to be you're going to be at a disadvantage. Uh, you know, I've, yeah. So that's uh, that's that's something. That- yeah, even, even when I applied for my uh, Canadian residency, and that I had to uh, go take an English test. Even as an American, I had to go take an English test to prove that I could speak, read, write, and understand English. That's just part of it. Yeah, that's what I'll. Yeah, continue. and I don't think that's such a. But that's yeah, not. The, uh, I don't think that's such a bad idea. Is the real thing was is even though they granted amnesty and they put all those qualifications on the amnesty, they really didn't change the way like with their quota systems and all the other things that they've got. 
because let's say from certain countries, and I'll pick on Mexico, you could you could live to be a ripe old man if you applied for your for your opportunity to come here on a green card. You could be 20, 30 years deep before your number would ever come up, if it would ever come up. So there's no opportunity because right. there's only so many people that can go through the funnel. Where other countries, maybe that don't have as much immigration, it could maybe take a year or something. So that has to be looked at. I, and, and this is where I would agree with Trump is, and just like me with my with my Canadian uh, alien uh, registration, um, they're looking for people that go there on merit, right? So you have to have a reason to be yeah. there. You know, either through through school, sure. through work, you know, or whatever, they want you to be there for a reason. So it wasn't, it, yeah. it, it wasn't just, geez, I showed up and I take a test or something, take an English test, and I become a almost Canadian. So I think we yeah. have to do right. Well, well, that, yeah, and that's that's the thing in the in the United States. It seems like you know, talk about the funnel. There's there's lots of people wanting to get in here, and you know, we've really got a a chokehold, a stranglehold on how, you know, how many and how it is you can, you can, you can come in and maybe that's t- time to expand that, you know, the bottom of that funnel a little bit and figure out how to, you know, uh, how to uh, allow people in. And, you know, if that's, if that's, uh, yeah, that, that, if I were a Republican, that would be, that would be uh, an agenda item, especially if I was a Senator from a Southern state that bordered Mexico um, or a state like Florida to so take a guy like Rubio that I'd be looking at, you know, okay, so let's, let's look at how we can um, enhance immigration or make the process a little bit easier. So we don't have as much, uh, much of our, the violation of our law. But I think, again, if I were in, in the Democrat shoes, especially if we want to, if we want a state like South Carolina or a Texas and, and Graham was out or Gordon was out uh, just for just for pure electoral purposes, just to secure more of the electorate, I would I would look at doing something like that because yeah. again you could you could do something you could do something like that without freaking everybody out, right? Oh, of course we know the Dems are going to you know um, do something like this, right? This is what everybody expects. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's not a problem, uh, but at the same time, I mean, maybe even more than states or courts or whatever else, that would I think for uh, you know, probably for your, our lifetimes, and we're not that far apart in age. You, you wouldn't. I, I don't. I don't think if that if something like that were to happen, if you were to grant a general amnesty, uh, and and we were able to get that through, and and grant it in such a way that it maybe wasn't even as difficult as Reagan's amnesty of '86. Um, <clears throat> that I, I don't think you'd see another Republican in office or n- another Republican majority in either body. Uh, of the Congress uh, for a very, very long time. So, uh, so the, yeah, then you can kind of go from there. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so, I mean, that, that sort of, so we've got, we've got a lot at stake here. Uh, we've got that sort of a thing. Uh, we've got, you know, Senate filibuster, uh, you know, the quote unquote court packing, uh, the adding of states, you know, the, all this stuff is, is being talked about, which we've covered in, in earlier episodes. So, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what goes down. And again, <clears throat> I'm looking at, uh, I think Cornyn will get through on 50-50 on Graham. Mm-hmm. Uh, would not be, well, yeah, would not be surprised to see Graham go down. I think McConnell's in. I think Cornyn will get in. Uh, but Graham could go down. 
And then you're, and again, then again, you're looking at, and then after all said and done, you're looking at a, uh, you know, six to eight seat flip in the Senate. That's what I'm looking at. Just doesn't seem. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see anything. Maybe, maybe a five, five seat flip where it's a little tighter. You know, if stuff really, if the fortunes really smile on the, on the pubs, it could happen. But I think you're looking at a six to eight seat flip with potentially a bombshell of a of a gram or a corn and getting beat. Mm-hmm. So oh, really, that's what I'm seeing. Do that, but it's kind of overkill. It's all right though because once you get rid of the filibuster, then it's just uh, we just have to be tied, and we'd have uh, Kamala to be able to come in and break any tie. Just and the Republicans have already done it; they've already set all the precedents. It's basically whoever is in power at that point gets to do anything they want. And tell the other group, set in the corner, because that's what's been happening, right? And I think America's yeah. used to that now. We've polarized to that point, and just like some of us had to sit on the sidelines and just, you know, kind of scream inside, going, "Oh, I can't believe they're pulling this one. I can't believe they're pulling that one." But right, that's the law, and that's what we're going to go by. And like you said, if they go ahead and make the moves they need to, then. They may, the Republicans may never get a majority back again. I mean, it may be the one party. Yeah. Right. Well, and <clears throat> so, right. I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. I think I think the Republicans could have done a lot more to avoid the situation that we're in now, where what's on the table are these type of, you know, very um, institutionally altering propositions. You know, right. again, no more Senate filibuster. Uh Add members of the court, add states, you know, p- pass, the, uh, you know, a comprehensive immigration reform where we've got this this broad and very accessible amnesty uh, where one party can't secure power um, uh, in a way that, that that appears palatable to, to the majority of, of, of Americans uh, and doesn't doesn't really smell of, OK, well, we're really going down the path. But see, my my biggest criticism of of the Senate was it in, instead of de-escalate, you know, if the, if the pubs wanted to to de-escalate this thing, what what they should have done is something like reinstate the filibuster for for justices mm-hmm. instead of taking advantage of it, right? They could so have. Been, I mean, they would yeah. have been looked at more fairly at that point, right? And it, you know, <sighs> about a couple of weeks ago about the whole justice thing. It's only last yep. three uh, justices have been almost unanimous, unanimously voted in. So it's it's kind of difficult now that they're they're so partisan, or at least the vote certainly is partisan, whether the judges or not. But they're picked picked yep. from a partisan, uh, list, and the people that get behind them are certainly partisan. So. That's not what the judges are supposed to be doing. That's why I wouldn't even worried about bringing another judge. Okay, they bring in Amy. I'm okay with that because she's going to follow the law. Sure. I'm more I'm more concerned about once once the Dems get in, if you have the Congress and the Senate, that we go ahead and make some laws. Let's codify some of these things that are that need to be codified. Like, well, first of all, what you were talking about with immigration reform, with health care, with uh, uh, even some of the things that go along with trade and that we could even codify some of that. Uh, you want to get rid of uh, Roe? Well, let's get rid of it. Let's codify it, right? You want to get rid of some of the other things? Let's codify it. Let's get it over with. 
And that way, right. you may or may not make it a at least make it a law, maybe not an amendment, but you know, maybe it's time even for another amendment. It's been quite a while since we've had one, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and 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 that's the thing is, I I mean, I'm not sure how how I would have done it, but 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 the thing of it is, is that you know, it's it's this tit for tat thing. It's like, okay, you're going to do this, and then we're going to take it up another notch, and then you're going to do this, and we're going to take it up another notch. So, um, so again, for instance, the latest development is again, Harry Reid abolished the the filibuster for uh, for judicial appointments, mm-hmm. and um and so what what did the pubs do immediately when they got power they started appointing tons of justices you right. know along party line along party line votes sure they took advantage of that and so so i question whether or not that's the move again when you know again as you know as a partisan myself i'm thinking yeah go get it you know but what what are we really encouraging here um, what what are we really driving toward? We're driving toward one party trying to seize absolute power. That's what the battle is, um, unfortunately. And um, yeah, so and I don't know who's who. I, you know, again, as a Republican, I have to admit I'm not so sure that the Republicans aren't after one one party power just as, as much as the Dems are. And I'm I'm against the one party. Yeah. I like the two party thing. Uh, like gridlock. Um, love gridlock. See, yeah. because here here you know what I consider when I go to the polls, every time I go to the polls, is who can I put in there that isn't gonna get anything done? That's gonna cause gridlock and gum up the works and cause problems. That's the person I'm voting for. That's mm-hmm. why Ted Cruz is my favorite politician, because that's what he does. <laughs> yeah. But my, okay. my wife- we're already talking about moving to Texas next year just so we can vote against Ted Cruz because we want to make sure he <laughs> – yeah. He's yeah, got well, right. It, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And that's – I mean, and again, that's the kind of um, – that's the kind of ire a guy like Senator Cruz engenders because if you're a person who wants to see government get a bunch of stuff done, you want to see him pass a bunch of this and that and the other thing, you want, you want to see government real active and involved in your life, um, you don't like a guy like Senator Cruz because he's the one that, that trips all that up. Um, and so, and, but me on the other side, I'm like, you know, again, that's kind of the definition of conservative or at least part of it, I would think is that <clears throat> to be a conservative means I don't want things to change. Don't change anything. Keep it the way it is. I don't, you know, because every time you guys change something, I get priced out of my health insurance. That's kind of how I look at it. So did you uh, did you log into uh, health.gov and check on your uh, opportunity this for 2021? Today's the first day. I oh I haven't I haven't I haven't been on there for, because every time so I've I've gone on there several times uh-huh. since uh, let me think uh, had to be 2014. <laughs> What's that? We're digressing a little bit, but today was the first day, so oh, I logged okay. in all my questionnaires and all that. Well, I did those the other day. But I logged on to see what my right. and everybody complains about. Geez, that state doesn't have any any uh, healthcare providers. Well, in my state of Ohio, with with mine, I've got sixty up that I can choose from. Right. Just absolutely shocked me. Many new ones this time. So probably a third of those are new compared to last time. But uh, but sixty different plans to choose from from assorted providers. And I don't I. 
couldn't tell you how many providers there are. I can think of five or six off the top with different plans, but 60 different plans, 60 different price ranges, 60 different opportunities for how you how you want to have them cover you from the basics all the way up to, you know, really covering you. So it's out there. Right. It's available. Yeah, well, hey, I, yeah, so I, don't, I can't remember the last time I, I, got, I got on the whatever the they call it. Uh, but but I, I've never been, been able to afford any of it. Mm-hmm. And, and what ends up happening is when I put all my information in there, then I just get endless telemarketing phone calls from folks that, that want to sell me health insurance I can't afford. Oh. That's just, yeah. That's that's been my experience, and, and again, that's that's you know that's anecdotal, and you know I'm sure that there are people who've who've gone on there, who've needed health insurance. Uh, obviously, there are. There's several million. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anywhere you know, the numbers I've seen are anywhere from 15 to 20 million who are benefiting from from the marketplace. Um, but but I'm not. I am not one of them, and I'm one of and I'm one of those folks who got priced out of the market because um, it was. I think it, I want to say it was. Uh, it took a few years. I want to say it was 2013, 2014. Maybe it was 2015. Maybe it took that long. Uh, where uh, you know, I went to the pharmacy one day. And this is again, this is completely anecdotal. There's no necessary. I mean, there's some data to back this this particular anecdote up with people who are losing their doctors. Their premiums premiums are increasing. Their deductibles are increasing. So I think there's some data out here to back up my story. But you know, I just went down to the pharmacy to to pick up my, you know inhaler because i'm an asthmatic you know and before uh that particular year i didn't pay anything i just go in there and but this year i went in there it was they said okay fifty dollars please and i'm like fifty dollars okay all right so i paid the fifty dollars and uh and i said well how much is the whole thing if i just pay cash and they're like sixty dollars okay so then i called up my company and i'm like you know, what's going on? And we kind of hashed out the numbers and they just said, this is, this is the health plan you're on now. And I'm like, well, when can I drop this? And we're like, you can't, you have to hang on to it until you have a, so I ended up having to, which is not a problem. I just switched trucking companies mm-hmm. so I could get out of my healthcare. Cause it was, you know, it was, it was too expensive. Couldn't afford right. it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, uh, so it's a mess. It's definitely a mess and I don't like how it is. I wish it was different. Um, but uh, but but at any rate, yeah, that one, uh, you know, if, if something can be done again, like we talked about, I don't know, a few episodes ago, I, I like the idea of getting let's get the pre-existing condition folks out of the market <laughs> and and then let's go from there. I, I think that would help tremendously. But, subculture, yeah. You want to create a subculture of sick people that the government's going to take care of, but everybody else is healthy. That's the fend for themselves. Yeah, well, no, no, that's not that's not what I'm I, I think would be a good idea. Um, but what I what I'm trying to do is say, okay, well, you know, what's what's causing the the premiums to rise and the deductibles to rise and that sort of thing. And and again, from what I'm seeing, it it is the the conundrum of trying to take care of folks with pre-existing conditions, and those people should be taken care of, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, we we should figure out that's something that again, I'm not I'm socialist on very very little but that's one thing i'm fairly socialist on because i don't know that's not that's a situation that i don't think something like the church can take care of you know if you if you you know we've got some sick people in our church and we've done tons and tons of fundraisers and we're able to take care of like one person Mm -hmm. you know we can't we can't take care of all the people that are that are sick in our church 
Right. Uh, we can take care of one, one. Yeah. Yeah. We can take care of one or two people um, in very, very modest ways. Uh, you know, it, that's just something we're, we're, that's, above, that's above our ability. So yeah. can, can we all get together and figure out how to take care of folks that are in that situation? That's something maybe that I would, you know, I'd be socialist on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and say, okay, you, all right, let's compromise. All right, you're, you know, you want to socialize, you want to completely socialize medicine. I don't want to completely socialize medicine, but what parts of it can we socialize? Let's say, let's socialize this part of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you're dividing yeah, I don't people. Know. So, you know, the funny What's thing that? is, what, what happens if, uh, Biden wins, and then a few days later, whenever the ACA is up to the Supreme Court to strike it down, then uh, Biden can't add the uh, public option to the ACA. He'll have to do something different than whenever he takes office in January. Yeah, well, I think that if something like that happens, uh, and again, you've got you, you you've got a, a majority in the Senate, you, you get rid of the filibuster. That that's something that I think they can no, take no, care I'm of right away. This- I'm talking about the Supreme Court case they've got now to try try to strike down the ACA is going to be next week. It's going to start next week, and if they strike down the ACA yeah. completely, well, then Biden's going to end up with. I mean, there's no Trump care plan as far as I know. Nobody's ever seen it. Um, so there's going to be no health care plan when Biden takes the oath of office on January 20th. What do we do then? Uh, well, right, right. Procedurally, I'm not. Procedurally, I'm not sure how all that works, uh, but that might put a sense of urgency on the on the Biden administration to, to go ahead and just uh, make it all one payer. That would be, to, in my estimation, that would be the perfect impetus for a, you know, a, a, a Senate that is majority run again with a with a big hit like a Cornyn loss or a, a, a Graham loss. That would be that would be boom. Just do it. Yeah. Let's, we're getting rid of the filibuster. The House is going to put together a, a single payer system right away. I'm sure they've already got this in the wings. There's there's no question about it. They're ready to go on this. So they could do this within the first month if they wanted to very easily. Um, so, yeah, it might be it might be a little bit of rough going for for, you know, a few weeks for folks. But I think they could get something in place very, very quickly mm-hmm. uh, if, if that's what the direction they wanted to go. And ha- and you could have a what you could very easily have a one payer system by next spring. No problem. Yeah. And all thanks to Trump. Yeah. He wanted to get rid of the ACA and he didn't have another plan. Yeah. Be able to yeah thank some of these things backfire. Some of these things backfire, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, so you've got uh, you got a lot of political, you know, uh, you know, big political firefight and somebody somebody lobs what looks like a pretty big bomb and it hits and then the other side responds, you know, in kind and plus some. Yeah. Uh, so the, uh, so, so the weapon, yeah, weapons are there. So at any rate, all right. So yeah, we, yeah, that was good. Uh, I like, I like, I like these rabbit trails we go down cause it all kind of, it's all kind of connects, right? Uh, somewhere. Yeah, it does. Um, so, all right. So let's talk about the, the presidential race. Uh, definitely I, I, I you know, would be, I'm going to be shocked if Biden wins, if Biden doesn't win, uh, the Biden Harris ticket doesn't win. Um, I I think that things will go pretty well for them until they get to Arizona, and then after that it'll be over. That's my prediction. I think we'll. I think Trump. If Trump doesn't retain Florida, I mean it'll be an early night. If mm-hmm. if Biden comes up and wins Florida, then it'll be over. 
Um, but I think he's or Texas. What's that? If Biden takes Texas or Texas, yeah, but Texas, yeah, but you got to think about how this all work goes down. The the first the the biggest state to to uh, to report the majority of the of their votes in is going to be Florida. So mm-hmm. that's going to be, and that goes, that happens at seven, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to have a, you're going to have a real good idea about Florida by eight, eight thirty, mm-hmm. Tuesday night. You should have most of these so, out to Ohio by that time. Yeah. Even, so you're going to have, you're going to have, you're going to have Florida followed right, right Dewine? behind, right behind, right behind that's going to be Ohio. Yeah. And DeWine says that uh, we're going to be counting votes, all those uh, early votes and everything else. They're pre-counting that stuff. Uh, I, I want to say they're pre-counting it already, but if they're not, then they'll they'll pre-count it starting that morning. So they'll be able to report those immediately. And I'm just amazed at, what they say, 91 million votes, and I'm sure more than that now, have already been cast. And in 2016, there was only less than 130 million votes. So... Two thirds yeah. has already been done. That's just absolutely amazing that the people got out to do it, and that's both sides. That, uh, that's not just Dems or Republicans. That's that's both sides. Right. Yeah. Everybody seems to be very motivated. Um, you know. So I'll throw I'll throw my 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 wet blanket on top of that. I think we're going to have a very uh, uneventful election day as far as voter turnout goes, because I think we I think what happened is everybody went out and voted early. One way or another, I'm I think fairly certain that that that's what that's what went on. And I, I mean, we might have a bit of a higher turnout than than in 2016, but I'm wondering if that maybe that we, again we might have a higher turnout. Okay, fine, but but I don't I don't think we're going to see a bunch of people roll out on election day. Uh, you know, it's it's everybody everybody's done. So we've, you know, what do they say? What's the word? They can't. We've cannibalized election day numbers. Mm-hmm. It's just they've all been. Everybody's voted. Who's going to vote? Uh, except for maybe me and Jen, <laughs> right? Who's going to vote on? Who's going to vote on election day? Uh, <laughs> well, so uh, my my uh, uh, voting is directly across the street from me, so I'll be able. I, I work at home, so I'll be able to tell you what yeah. my is on if it's going to be busy because. Sometimes there's lines over there. You can always tell by the parking lot there at the church, you know, how busy they are. That's how I usually decide, you know, if I'm going to walk over there and 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 vote or what time of day I go over there. I wait till the line dies down because early morning voting is usually a, a big thing over there. I mean, it's early. I mean, early, early. I th- think they I want to say they open at six or seven pretty early. Oh, wow. Vote early yeah. before, you know. So right. I'll let you know uh, next week what, what happened there. I'll uh, maybe even take some photos. We'll, I'll certainly be over there, some photos, see if any of the uh, poll watchers show up. I want to get some pictures of those guys, you know, with their oh sure, with their flags. Yeah, absolutely. I got a feeling the police are going to be pretty busy that day in different parts of the country, trying to sort out who should yeah. be different places and not. Right, 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 right. Okay, so yeah, it's good. It's good you bring that up because. Because again, I think I think we'll see I think we'll see a larger turnout. Sure, okay. Uh, I, my prediction is is that once that morning rush is over, because we're gonna again, I, I took the day off, so we're we're gonna go over like ten, ten thirty, eleven to our place. And my guess is we're gonna get right in and out of there. It's not gonna be a problem. 
Uh, and that might be how it goes down. The other, the other thing that, um, uh, that I worry about, I guess, is if, if we have an apparent uh, Trump victory on Election Day. You know, are we are we going to get the results on Election Day? I mean, that'd be my first question. What do you think? Are we going to get the results on Election Day? Secondly, if we have an apparent Trump victory on Election Day, what's going to go on? And then, yeah, maybe we'll talk a couple other things. What, what's, what's your thoughts on those um, conundrums? I, I, if you would have asked me a week ago, I would have said there's probably a big opportunity for it to be an apparent Trump victory. But I think now that there's been so many Republicans vote early, that it's going to be probably pretty close to what if it if it shows up as a Trump victory, it's probably going to end up being a Trump victory. I think that there's a good mix of people that have already voted. It's not just Democrats out there voting or voting by mail because it's convenient or something like that. I think everybody is getting their opportunity. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I went into the to the we have a, a pre-voting area here in Hamilton County. So I could we drove down there. And it was busy. It was a steady stream of cars. We waited in uh, line in the car as we entered the parking lot area. We parked our car. There was plenty of parking. I mean, as, as a car would pull out, another car would pull in. And then you'd walk in. There was one other person ahead of us. We got, did all of our you know, ID and verification, got our ballots, did, did our voting. And we came out, and it was the same and it's just like it was just a constant stream. So we've had a, uh, I, I think there was probably days, especially the first day they opened for the early voting, that they had big lines over there. But we just went right in and right back as fast as you. It's like being on a ride at Six Flags or something like that. You just kept on moving, right? There was no holding. Okay, up. that was good. Right. And I guess it's been a steady yeah. stream the whole time. And it was Trump, uh, you know. The Trump supporters had big tables just outside the 100-foot margin. They were screaming and yelling and everything. And, you know, nobody didn't pay them any attention. They just – everybody went in and did their thing, and then they came back out. And they were handing out uh, uh, sample ballots to make sure that you knew how to mark your ballot once you got inside, those kind of things. And just like, yeah. I brought my own sample ballot. I printed it off on the – you know, from the website and pre-marked it. Search to make sure I knew exactly who and what I was going to vote for, so that way I got there, I was in, and I was back out. No scratching right. my head. Right, right, right. <laughs> you did that too. Um, Biden says have a plan to vote, right? So you should make your plan before Tuesday and print out your sample ballot and already have it pre-marked. You and Jen should both do them privately if you want to or together. It doesn't matter, but but uh, have them ready yeah. so that you're just in and out. Yeah, no, I think we sh- I think we should be fine because we can vote straight party Republican here in Indiana. <laughs> That's probably how it's going to happen. Uh, so uh, straight party Republican on yours? Do, do, do oh they, yeah, yeah, you can't in Indiana. You can, yeah. Oh, they don't do that. I, do, I usually, yeah, I I I usually don't vote straight party, uh, but I end up voting for every Republican uh, just because. Um, That's just that's how I've always voted. I, I've I, maybe once I voted straight party, uh, but I like the process of going through each individual race uh, because this, I mean, this is, this is something I've done, done the research on. And I know, I know what's going on. And then plus that, the, the questions that are up, you know, they're, 
there's certain questions that are up that you may not be aware of. <clears throat> you may not understand how it's going to affect you or your state or whatever else. And you want to be aware of those sort of things. So when you vote straight party, you know, most of, most of the time, you know, that's, you know, that's just your, yeah. Uh, I, th- I think you should be a little more informed than that. I think you should have to go down and look at the names and, uh, and at least, you know, challenge yourself to, to be able to say, okay, I know who I'm voting for and what I'm voting for and, and that sort of thing. So, but so here for normal right. office, they, uh, they put on whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, you know, next to their name. But once you get past the, you know, senators and that kind of, you know, the, the normal offices like judges and sheriffs and everything else, they take all that right. off to know your person. So that's what oh. you have to uh, In the same way with oh, like yeah. any uh, referendums up, like we had a couple of uh, referendums up for money for fire services and equipment and that type of thing. So. You had to know, you know, what that was about and how it was going to affect our property taxes. Right, 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 right. That, yeah, that's that's another big thing. I think a lot of people neglect is they they don't know what questions are on the ballot. Right. And they go in there and they they see a question come up. They have no idea what it's about, so they have no idea how to vote on it. And uh, so that's that's kind of a mess. But but right, yeah, I think you should know at least as, as best as you can, you know, what what you're voting for. Um, but again, so. So you're you're fairly confident we're gonna get we're gonna get a, a rock solid result on election day. I think that it's not gonna vary much from election day. I think it's gonna be pretty solid. There's gonna be a couple of states out there. I think that uh, PA they're not even gonna start counting their their early or mail ins until after the polls close. So that'll be pretty slow. Right. We should we should I think there's a pretty good cross section. Of people, I could tell. You can always tell the Trump supporters. So there was lots of Trump supporters voting there when I was there. You know, they were asked to remove their right. hat as they're walking in and all that kind of stuff because they want to break sure. the rule. So uh, <laughs> you know, you know, the, you know, bumper stickers, all yeah. the other stuff, which is fine. So I know that they were there too. So I think it's pretty good cross section sure. that voted early this time, especially with the Rona going yeah. on. So. Right. Well, so all right. So now here's here's my question: Is I I'm not so sure this thing's going to be a blowout. That's 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 where I'm at with, with the presidential race. The the Senate thing, I think the Republicans have a major problem with the Senate. I think they, I think they're going to be a, I think they're going to be in big trouble there. Mm-hmm. The national race, I'm not so sure now. I, I'm not so sure it's going to be a, a big, big blowout, and I think it's going to be close. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it could go either way. And I'm not so sure we're going to get the results on election day. And I'm not so sure how people are going to react if it if it appears that that Trump holds serve on 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 Florida, Ohio, Arizona, etc. And now we've got states like maybe even Michigan in play and Pennsylvania in play. And what's you know uh, you know so I think this thing, it, you know whereas you know, I mean it's obvious that Biden's going to win the popular vote. So we're going to have that whole scream and match again, uh, right. but I'm not sure this isn't going to be close. I mean, so what's what's your feel on it? Do you think you think Biden's going to win it comfortably, or do you think that it's going to be close? So I, I I looked at the analysis they come up on CNN. So I watch Fox, I watch CNN, I watch a lot of foreign news, sure. listen to NPR. So I try to get a bit rounded with things. Um, Great. When they were showing all the different scenarios, and they they've gone it through it to the nth degree, there's probably there's right. there's a few different scenarios where Trump wins. I, I give you that, and there's several different scenarios that Biden wins. There's right. there's scenarios that I mean, it's like to me, it's probably 
like a, a 90-10 Biden versus Trump. I think Trump could still pull it out, but like things would just have to fall exactly. And it, it happened that way in 2016 anyway. Things had to fall exactly the right place, like Michigan. You only separated Michigan by, what, 10,000 votes or something ridiculously small. Right. So some, something like that would have to happen. Or he would have to complain about um, the voting, well, like they just did with Texas, where they want to throw out the drive-through votes, you know, 100 and some thousand drive-through votes because they, uh, because they're doing drive-through, and it was I don't know how it was set up or whatever, but they already had it set up that that's what they wanted to do because of the coronavirus. But now the Trump lawyers have tried to get those votes thrown out. But you know all this early wrangling they've got about trying to throw out votes. And, and suppress and all that, it may hurt them in the long run, just like some of the other mm. underhanded stuff that they've done, right? It's just, it eventually comes back, you know, karma's pretty rough on that kind of stuff, you know? When it, Let's say you throw out those 120,000 or 150,000 votes for drive-ins, and you find out later that 80% of them were Trump supporters, you know, or mm-hmm. something like that, because they prefer to drive through. So obviously they don't like to get out of their pickup trucks very often, so. Right. Right. Well, and I and again, I you know even you know the the GOP pundits that they they look at it exactly the way you look at it that a Republican to to win the presidency they've got a very very narrow path, whereas the the Dem the Dem candidate does doesn't have a narrow path. And I'm I I, I don't I guess I don't track with that logic because the the the, the Dem has the same path that the that the uh, that the Republican has. You you've got to win one of those Rust Belt states. You know, you, you, you know, uh, for or you've got to win again. So the three states in play again, Florida, Ohio, I think Florida goes Trump. I think Ohio goes Trump. I think the thing to watch is Arizona. And if Arizona that that would be one to, to watch, you know, so so if Biden were to win that. But then at the same time, he's still got he's still got to run the table in Michigan, uh, Minnesota. Uh, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. He can't lose any four of those states, right? right? So it's it's kind of a so if if <laughs> here's here's the nightmare nightmare scenario, and this is one of my Republican pundits I listened to put up that I thought was great. Um, say for instance, uh, Trump does everything but loses Arizona, but wins Pennsylvania. You end up with a two forty nine two forty nine electoral college. Mm-hmm. So now. Where does it get thrown to? It gets thrown to the House of Representatives, and the way the House Rep- the, the way the House votes on this is not by not by sheer numbers, but by state. Right. So it's it's virtually a 50-50. So say for instance, uh, the House of Representatives gets turned into a fifty-fifty thing. They can't decide, um, and then uh, the Senate is fifty-fifty, um, and and they can't decide who the vice president is going to be. That'll be good times right there. Yeah. <laughs> we have we have that kind of deadlock. Um, I don't think it's that close. I think I I really hope we'll have a, a clear winner on on election day. I think that'll be better for everybody because I because I think that if we what my fear initially was you know a lot of the 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 um, the more left leaning pundits were talking about you know initially an apparent Trump victory, but then you know ten days or so after the election we'd find out that oh no is actually it was actually Biden. Uh, that that there would be there would be a bunch of unrest and reaction to an apparent Trump landslide type of idea. Um, how so? I'll just put this to you. This is the question. One of the questions I've been, definitely been wanting to ask you is: 
if Trump wins, um, you know, we, we saw people pretty much lose their ever-loving minds in 2016. Now we've got a lot more tension, a lot more strife, a lot more. What do you think is going to go on if Trump pulls out a W in this thing? And I think it's close. I yeah. think it's close. Boy, oh boy. Well, I, th- I think that there's, you know, the militias, or I'd like to refer to them as terrorists, like we saw them yesterday with the bike bus. Um, you know, there's gonna be they're gonna be the winners. So they're they're not gonna want to. I mean, they're gonna want to celebrate in the streets or whatever. I suppose. I, I I don't see a lot of mayhem out in the streets. I don't believe there's gonna be a lot of Biden voters that are gonna go to the streets to complain about Trump at that point. I mean, we put up with all that so far for four years. I'm not going to the streets with it. I'm going to have to rearrange my life to, you know, so I can get through the next four years, which is, which probably be pretty tough to be honest with you. I think there's going to, it's really going to, I mean, Trump has no plan. He's winging it from his hip all the, all the time. Uh, I really don't know where he's going next. I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's crushed all of our uh, alliances with everybody. Uh, he wants to make this into almost uh, wants to make this into a North Korea, and he's going to be the dictator with his family and keep passing it down or something. I guess. I mean, I, kind of where I'm at with him. I, I really don't know what his plan is. Uh, every time somebody presses him for a plan, he comes out with a a big book, hands it to him, then you flutter through the pages and they're all empty. They're all just white with no ink on. So I don't know you. I, I don't, you know, there's there's so many people out there, too, that are just real followers of him. But when you press the person and you ask them, I mean, you really look them in the eyes and ask, so what did Trump do for you? You know, what, what legislation has he passed in the last four years? You know, how did that help you? You know, or how did that help America? They they fall flat because there's just nothing he's done. It's, it's ridiculous right. how harm he's put to to us and our allies and our trade uh, uh, businesses. I mean, everybody wants to say, "Oh, he gave me a tax break." Didn't give me a tax break. My taxes were higher. So maybe somebody got a tax break. I don't know who that person was, but everybody I talked to, their taxes are higher now. Mm-hmm.